whiteboard banter on the board where you, with your hosts, Matt Middleton and Kevin Rayner, where the banter is as ferocious Aaron Donald in the second half of that Super Bowl, man. The guy was literally unblockable. It was a wild Super Bowl, and Matt's over here still upset about the MVP choice. He still thinks the man was robbed, but, I mean, what can you do? It is a Super Bowl at the end of the day. Things happen. Look, dude, Cooper Cup was great on that final drive, eight of his nine catches. I'm not saying that he didn't have a spectacular season and didn't kind of, you know, deserve to be the best player on this Super Bowl championship team that's going to be enshrined in history. But for me, it was Aaron Donald, man. After that T. Higgins touchdown, like, we'll get into the game, but, man, Aaron Donald just wrecked the Cincinnati Bengals. Because at, at that point, man, it looked like the Bengals were going to win the game pretty handedly. I mean, that's probably what it was. Most people were probably over here like, oh, Joe Burrow's getting his MVP, getting that Super Bowl ring. And then all of a sudden, the game flips on its head. We got the final drive comeback, and they were like... Er, oh, let's let's give it to Cup. Cup gets the winning touchdown. Like that might have been exactly what happened. Absolutely, it was. They couldn't give it to Stafford with the picks, even though that second pick is totally not his fault. I always hate that that is an interception on a quarterback. Like yeah. the guy knocked the ball up into the air for the defender. What is the quarterback supposed to do? Run downfield and catch himself? Yeah. <laughs> oh man! But we didn't. Our takes didn't come in last last week because of that. I mean, the Bengals. They let us down. Even though it was a great game, really close. It, it is what it is. It is what it is, man. You know what? I'm sitting over here, 6-2. and two. You know, I helped the Bengals get here, and I tried to, you know, push them over the top, but apparently we ran out of juice at the end of the day. But it was a great storyline. I mean, we talked about it, you know, for the last two weeks, about what it would mean for either of these franchises to win, what it means for the careers of both of these quarterbacks in very different points you know what it would mean for them to get a ring and i mean is stafford a legend now is joe burrows in trouble for his future like we're in a weird place now matt i think it's it's definitely a weird place but it's really cool um to see matthew stafford being let go by the lines basically they allowed him to leave to the to the rams and join this super bowl caliber roster kind of like what Tom Brady did out of the Patriots. So it's happened two years in a row now, and that team has won the Super Bowl. So now you've got teams like the Denver Broncos. Like, if I was the Miami Dolphins, and I like Tua, I don't think he's that quality of quarterback. Um, The San Francisco 49ers are a little bit away with uh, Garoppolo. And I know they have Trey Lance, but, I mean, he's still a rookie. Like, there are these teams that are out there, the Indianapolis Colts and Carson Wentz, like, you know, who could potentially be on that Super Bowl trajectory if they just made the right change at quarterback. Um, And no, I don't think Matthew Stafford is a true legend. Does he have potential to be a Hall of Famer? 100% at this point with one Super Bowl, with the amount of uh, career statistics he has, he's going to finish in like the top 10 in basically every passing stat. Um, if he can get to an above 500 winning percentage and maybe win a second Super Bowl with this Rams team, True. I think that's when he definitely solidifies himself as a Hall of Famer. But I mean, the Hall of Fame is really kind of like the Hall of Good, so he might. People are definitely you know up in arms right now. You know they're thinking about the fact that oh he won finally. You know the the struggles that he went through. Detroit never leaves you. You know there's 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 so many funny moments to think about but at the end of the day the guy has a a Super Bowl championship and if he continues success from here well I mean 
the sky's the limit. The Hall of Fame is easily the limit, you know, the Hall of Easy Success, the Hall of, you know, get some get some good moments and you make it in there, happiness. But is yeah. Joe Burrow's the real conversation, Matt, considering what he has to go up against now? Well, I think the craziest thing that I've seen this week is that stat about the 16 quarterbacks not who've debuted in the Super Bowl and who have not won that game, haven't been able to return to that game. That list is include like Donovan McNabb, um, some like really good like Hall of Fame players. Um, so Joe Burrows is staring a monumental task, you know, in front of him. But he, I don't think he's ill-equipped to, to handle it. I think he, he has the potential to overcome it. Um, he already has a team that has potential to be upgraded. I know everyone's worried about the owner and the, the potential spending habits that he has as being a True. cheaper owner. So I think that sucks for Joe Burrows. But, hey, man, they got there with the with that cheap, quote-unquote, roster. Maybe they can do it again in a few years. Who knows? I mean, I just hope they can get this man some help because seven sacks on Joe Burrows. This poor guy. Matt, I read – am I correct in hearing that he had 70 70- – on him all season like this poor guy has just been absolutely destroyed and been getting it up and dragging this Bengals team as far as he possibly goes so i mean hopefully they can you know protect this man in the future yeah i mean that was the big knock on them when they drafted jamar chase over panay sewell who ended up being a heck of a rookie tackle this year um but i think jamar chase obviously proved his value at that spot as well yeah. so it's, it's a toss-up there. I think uh, another big story from the Super Bowl is OBJ finally getting his ring. Absolutely. Um, that big injury really cost him. He was a game wrecker at the beginning of that game. He was a problem for Cincinnati. They could not stop yeah. him. And then when he got hurt, I felt like that's when the Rams' offense really stalled and kind of just stopped um, altogether until that kind of final drive where they just forced it to Cooper Cup. But um, good for him for getting the ring, man. Um People saying that he might have to retire after this injury, or if he comes back, he's not going to be the player that he once was. Um, kind of sad to think that he could have been. He was on the trajectory to be better than Rice. I mean, it's it's a crazy thought, and and definitely shout out to OBJ. The struggles, the emotion you saw from him at the end of the game after what he was going through, because you're right. Like, it could have been a completely different story of a game. We could be talking about a blowout if OBJ was healthy and kept on that tear he was going on. So. You know, all credit to him. It's crazy to think the amount of movement that happened to make this situation possible. But, uh, you know, at the end of the day, champions are champions. So, congrats. Yeah, and it was it was a great game, man. Honestly, everything that went into it, the injuries, um, the players that were available, unavailable, it made it close. It made it is what it was. Um, and, like, even, like, that that missed call because without that missed call at the beginning of the third quarter that puts them up 20 to 13 like we're not we don't have that final drive that final amazing comeback the the fight that that it was for matthew stafford and and what's kind of elevating him in a lot of people's eyes to this hall of fame status is because football is so romanticized because it's it's one play at a time and it's one final drive and it's one final instance to get into the end zone um that changes your whole career your whole trajectory so i think that's uh why it's it's so he's so elevated right now obviously you know you gotta look at the rest of the game he wasn't able to do much um he did throw two picks burrows outside of that that 75 yard pass interference on the offense like 
T. Higgins, you face mask for sure. Like, didn't really move the ball that much on the Rams' defense as well. So it was it was definitely a defensive game for sure. Um, but yeah, gotta love it, and that's why I thought Aaron Donald deserved it, man. I mean, defense wins championships. You know, there's a lot of people who who say that sentiment all the time. They're very happy right now because I think we had a very defensive off season. You know, from what I remember, like there was definitely some some big games and some big moments from some QBs, but I think defense shone through at the end. Yeah, I, I think it's shown through at the end, but I think it was an offensive year, to be honest. I mean, every team that made the playoffs this year, except for one, had an offensive coach as their head coach, like an offensive coordinator previously to a head coach. Um, all of the best quarterbacks won their division. It was very offensive league, uh, but it, it's it's interesting that, that the Bengals, with their defense – which is probably the stronger part of their team at this point. Their offense has those big plays, but it's their defense that can really hold teams down and allows their running game to get going. And the Rams, who have that front seven that's just relentless, I think it's funny that defense won when it was an offensive year. And it's definitely offense is the way that the NFL is trending, but I think it's just ironic that it was the defense that did it. (laughs) I mean, it's funny. At the end of the day, I guess you got to score points to win games. So, you know, defense is important. But you got to squeak through and at least get a field goal at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> man, that's it for this year. I mean, next year, what? I'm just going to call the Kansas City Chiefs all year again, so you guys don't even have to tune in. <laughs> oh, it's so true. Shout out to the Super Bowl halftime show. wasn't perfect. Had its weird moments, but, you know, Eminem looking amazing. Dre rapping like a boss. Snoop being like, nah, I'm wearing blue. Everyone else can wear black. I'm wearing blue. You know, it, it had its good moments. And honestly... For uh, 50 Cent to be shamed for his body. Like, can we get over this, guys? He's old. He's still pretty, you know, cut up or big, strong for a guy that size. You see him get ready to hang upside down. That man just pulled himself up there. Yeah, like, can we man. not? Can we? Body shaming. Let's have let's hold everyone to the same standards. <laughs> People love to find a reason to complain about something or to be mad about something. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it personally, Matt. It was. You, uh, you know what? My reason to be mad is this week, Kevin. The Tyler Toffoli trade. I mean, uh, I'm guy. not. I'm not like super angry about it because I obviously saw something coming like this. But I mean, a first, a fifth. This guy Emil Heineman, who was a second round pick in 2020, who's already been t- traded twice. Um, I don't know how to feel about him it's a swedish player i've not seen much of him and tyler pitlick but i really love tyler Toffoli. i think he was so important to our team last year his contract for under five million dollars a year is ridiculous the guy scored 28 goals in 52 games last year like got a goal in his debut with calgary this week um i think calgary definitely got got a great player they're gonna have cost control over him for the next two years at that yeah, that price um yeah they they definitely got a really good asset and i was that's why i was a little surprised that they only got the one first round pick i was maybe hoping for two or you know at least a first a second and emil heineman you know that's kind of what i would have hoped for but i guess they're looking at emil heineman as the seconds i mean that's the hope right i guess it's true rebuild time i mean we knew the season wasn't going up, up, up anytime soon. So hopefully it'll just mean uh, we're fading for. Sorry, what's the name? Who are we looking for again? Connor Bedard next year, though. It's 
they're talking about not losing the next two drafts in a row. Um, that's not what they want to do. The management that's not like a Toronto where they, you know, in, embarked on losing um, for those picks to get either Connor McDavid or Austin Matthews. Um, but I mean, I think Shane Wright um, are the best odds at Shane Wright are at least in the bag. Um, whether we can get Connor Bedard next year is, is another question. Uh, but it's just when I see Tyler Toffoli getting traded for that, how much is Ben Schrock going to get on the open market? I mean, he's a defenseman. They do cost a little bit more. Who knows, man? Who knows? Tough time. Tough times for Matt. But, hey, at least we get some success out of the Olympics. The Canadian women's hockey team, they get gold. America, I'm sorry. Once again, we are the better team in women's hockey at least. And, uh, yeah, 3-2 victory, Matt. Pretty hype for the ladies. <clears throat> Absolutely banger of a game they got up three nothing the americans did come back there pushed us towards the end but got a shout out to uh the double goal scorer uh the game winner uh marie philippe Poulin. she's scored in four straight olympic gold medal games she's won three of those four olympics um first canadian hockey player ever men or woman to do that uh, just absolutely phenomenal she's she's a, a crazy crazy hockey player amazing at what she does um talking about another goal scorer who's going to win the trophy it's, it's going to be matthews man 32 and 43 is ridiculous pace and um another american eichel he makes his debut for the vegas golden Knights. so hey man look the americans they got some things to be positive about right gotta give them something Look, at the end of the day, hockey is pretty much North America versus the world. Matt, anything else in hockey? Anything else in your NHL life you got to bring up this week? What's going on? Nah, man, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty sure we can just talk about, you know, Chuck potentially retiring in basketball. Um, but we still got two years away from that, so we still got plenty of Chuck and Shaq moments to, to be fond over. Just know that they are fleeting. <laughs> man, I'm going to be sad the day that man stops blessing us with his guarantees with his moments because chuckster is fantastic on television but i mean he's got it right dude he knows what's up he wants to go and golf he wants to go live his life chill be ha i'm sure he can probably live comfortably at this point in his life chuckster is you know people joke that chuck isn't smart but that man is intelligent in certain forms he knows what's going on in his life Dude knows what's going on. Dude has enough money to walk away today. He doesn't need that final <laughs> two years of that contract. I'm sure he could give back some money and he'd still be fine for a really long time. So <laughs> good for Chucky. You know, he's going to be on the golf course doing the things that he loves to do. Um, smart man getting away while he still can, you know, doesn't want to be 65 still trying to scrape every dollar he can together and not enjoying his life. Smart. Is this the opening for Draymond Green to retire in two years and take his spot? We will see, Matt. Previews. Good call, Kevin. That's <laughs> definitely going to happen. <laughs> that's what I'm here for, my friend. Golden State, though, will be definitely trying to get a championship or two. But, I mean, we, we talk about Draymond and w whether he can benefit this team. But that's not the conversation, Matt. Andrew too Wiggins. far ahead of myself. Andrew Wiggins is the new Draymond Green. They don't need him. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's very true. Okay, so let's sorry. Let's roll through Backtrack. injuries Backtrack. real quick. Nah, don't be sorry. I, I'm happy to talk about Wiggs. I'm always happy to talk about that guy. He's a Canadian after all. But let's talk about some injuries because we got some things going on. We got some injuries that are crazy. We start with AD because that left ankle sprain, uh, you know, against the Jazz, it did not look good. He went down and that ankle just folded. Thankfully, it's only looking like two weeks, Matt. I mean, the Lakers, they are in purgatory right now, so this is not what they want to see. 
at all. Well, it's just kind of weird because they're like kind of firmly entrenched in ninth. They're like two games back of the cliff, but two games <laughs> up on the Blazers. And like the Pelicans aren't really hot on their trails. Neither are the Spurs. Um, Minnesota is like kind of a little bit out of their reach. So if they just like played 500 basketball, they'd get to the playoffs. I think they've got to try to jump the Clippers um, so that they can avoid the Suns in the first round. You know, you don't want to be the eighth seed. You'd rather be the seventh seed if you're them. Agreed. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I bet you they can stay afloat. It didn't look good for AD, but hey, man, just another knock on ADA about his injuries, about being <sighs> brittle. Everyone thought Joel Embiid was the brittle one, but it is Anthony Davis. Man, I just can't believe that the conversation right now is, do they have to trade AD? Do they have to go away from AD? Like, stop it, media. Stop with this narrative. I'm tired of this. Yes, he's injury prone. Yes, he's had all these issues. But let's not forget that, like, 18 months ago, he and LeBron led them to a chip. Now, 18 months is a lot of time, especially when you have a super aging vet and a brittle center, you know, whose knees could probably break at any time, unfortunately, and whose ankles Who doesn't play center. Well. Uh, also true, yeah, the guy does not love playing center, but, I mean, this is a big deal, but your comment about them playing 500 basketball is interesting, because, like, yes, they could make their way into the playoffs, but, I'm sorry, Matt, Suns, Golden State, Grizzlies, those are your, your top three. I'm confident, almost, that that's what it's going to end up as, and if it's not, then you have Jazz, Mavs, and Denver, like, all of these teams are not what LeBron wants to see, especially if he doesn't get to have home court advantage. So the West is, the top at least, is very scary. It's it's a good conference out in the West. You know, I was actually trying to figure out whether the West was better than the East earlier today. Um, and it's actually as close as it's ever been. I think the Eastern Conference has more tightly packed teams. I mean, you look at the Hornets at 29 and 30, and even the Hawks at 28 and 30. Um, there are some those, those are some pretty scary nine ten teams. Whereas I'm like yeah. I'm not really scared of the Blazers or the Pelicans or even really the Lakers. I mean like really I would I'm more scared of the Lakers than I am of the Clippers in Minnesota though, uh, who are their seven and eight. So it's yeah. it's kind of weird that way right now. But I think the, the Lakers will tread water. They'll get in. They'll be fine. Um, I think the Clippers are going to take a little bit of a dive because they lost our boy Norm man it hurts it hurts now he's out indefinitely you know fractured bone in the foot that is never fun no basketball player ever wants to hurt their foot let's be honest here matt the thing that you spend most of the time using in their games and you know the clippers did just trade for him and he had a great debut a week or so ago and it's gonna be hard for them but again it's they also could just play 500 basketball and maybe have Kawhi back maybe have pg back maybe have it all come together so it's a weird time for the la teams yeah very weird time um i mean it's just it's just an interesting year i think um pelicans man you know i know they got cj mcconnell i know brandon ingram's been going off and they've been climbing up those standings out of the basement not that it's really hard to do with the western Conference <laughs> basement um but zion man i'm hearing rumors that he's gonna need a second foot surgery is this <sighs> greg odin territory Matt's going to keep just, you know, slightly poking at it every once in a while because at this point, we're getting closer to it because we haven't seen Zion play. When you think about how many games he was playing last season and how destructive he is, yes, Zion is easily a top 10 player when he's healthy at his peak. We know that. 
it's scary what he can do at his size for for his talents but you know the best available the best you know availability is what's the what's the phrase man i can't say it right now the best, the best ab- ability is availability is. exactly <laughs> there you go my friend and he doesn't have it he doesn't nope. have it right now and uh that's really sad man i really believed in him um these injuries are crazy um just kind of sucks man do you want to talk about the Pacanaut and hand surgery? I know they just traded DiVincenzo. Uh, kind of sad that that happens. It's it's really tough, but I mean, I think the Bucks are going to hold it out. We've talked about how confident we are in this Bucks team, but I want to roll it into your earlier comment about whether the West or the East is better because if you look at the Bulls, the Heat, the Bucks, you know, those top three teams, they've all dealt with serious injuries. The Bulls are going through it. The Heat did not have... Bam for a while. Jimmy was out for a while. Kyle missed eight games for personal reasons. You talk about the Bucks. I mean, they're missing their starting center, although my boy Bobby is holding it down. So, like, you know, they're they're definitely below, but, I mean, the Suns haven't had any serious injuries as far as I know. Golden State has missed Draymond for a bunch of games, but that's it. And the Grizzlies missed Jaw, but they were destroying while they were there. So, you know, I'm over here thinking I do love the idea of parody right now. It's okay. So the winning percentage right now, East versus West, is four ninety three for the East against the West. So five oh seven for the West versus the East. Um, I removed the bottom two teams from uh, the Eastern Conference, um, the Magic and the Good. Pistons. Um, the then you get a five twenty four winning percentage. But if you remove the Thunder and the Rockets, the the West have a five fifty five winning percentage. Um, the other thing that I really looked at though was. So in the West, you actually have five teams that have a 622 winning percentage or better against other Western Conference teams. Okay. Okay. So the Suns have an 800 winning percentage against Western Conference teams. Golden State has a 694. Memphis has a 700 winning percentage. And Utah has a 647 winning percentage. In the East, there are six such teams that have 600... Uh, winning percentage or more the wraps are included in that at 600 Miami is the top team against Eastern Conference teams at 657 so what that tells me is that the Eastern Conference teams play Uh, more evenly against each other and the Heat and the Bulls have struggled with more Eastern Conference teams on a regular basis than they do with the Western Conference teams Um, that's why the Suns, who are beating down on the rest of the Western Conference, are so far ahead. I mean, I, I love that because that kind of just all pulls it together and, and only compounds the reasons why, you know, the argument that Suns and Golden State are so far ahead of the league could be true, yes, but there are so many other factors and things you have to look at. And I still, I love the East right now, Matt. I'm so happy to see, you know, these teams that are all competitive that are showing up. And even if you're not the top tier of the East, you have young talent that you're excited about. Think about the Cavs and the Hawks and Charlotte and, you know, Toronto right now in our young talents. And when you compare that to some of these Western teams that don't have these tier of stars, it's not even close. Well, I think the Western Conference, um, Memphis is the closest thing that you would have to a Raps and a Cavs. And they're probably the elite of the elite right now for that group. Um, oh, yes. The Mavs have Luca as a one-man show. 
Um, Denver's actually got a very veteran team in terms of their roster, in terms of, you know, Jokic is already an established MVP candidate, making exactly. 25, 15, and 5 look like it's a joke. Um, <laughs> but then you've, you've even got Boston, who's a young team in, in the East. Uh, Raps, like you said, Hornets, Hawks, um, the, the Cavs. And then you've got our veteran teams. And they're all solid teams. The Nets are finally turning it around. They had that huge, long losing streak, but have won back-to-back games since the Harden trade. Um, while Harden's been involved in some pretty big losses against the <laughs> the, the Celtics, uh, not playing in them, obviously. But no, <laughs> it, it, it's an interesting time, right, leading up to the All Star break, because nobody really knows where you're going to be a week from now, because everyone gets time off. We have the cool excitement of the All Star weekend. Everyone gets a break, but you know, the conversation flips now, right? It's all about the buyout market. It's how you can add to your team to make yourself better because everyone kind of knows where they stand on this table. You know, we discuss the, the you know, the veteran talent that is, you know, staples of playoffs at this point, the teams that are going to show up. And now it's, can you add this piece or that piece so that when you go up against another team, you're the one with more bullets in the chamber. You're the team that has more answers for the questions that are going to show up. And... Matt, how glad am I that it's the Spurs that are buying out Goron and not us? You know, we're going to get to Thad Young later because, you know, he had an awesome performance in the fourth last night against the T-Wolves, which I will have to bring up. Guy was a monster. But, you know, the Spurs are buying out Goron. We don't know exactly where he's going to go. You know, the Bucks apparently really want him. Is he the main conversation topic? Because, you know, we still got a couple other big names that might show up. But the biomarket has begun. Well, the biomarket has begun... Um... And I think Goron's got to be the biggest name out there. Um, if Schroeder and Wall hit the market, there are some decent names. Um, Gary Harris, I kind of like out there. Maybe even Eric Bledsoe. But I think it's all about Goron in terms of where he lands, in terms of the contribution that he can make. Um, I know the Lakers want him. Yeah. I know the Bucks want him. If I'm Goron, I think I want to go to the Bucks, man. Um, if I'm going to try and win a championship, if I'm going to chase that thing that I talked about at the beginning of the year, um, I'm, I'm going to the Bucks. Personally. The Bucks could use him. The Bucks could definitely use him. I mean, obviously the, the Lakers could use him too, but when you think about, <laughs> when you think about position on the table and how many games you have to help them win. Anyways, you know, that's, that's a simple conversation about Gorn. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens because it will be speculation. I'm sure in the next week or two, it will be figured out. But I want to talk about Tristan Thompson right now because the Pacers waived him after their trade when he was involved um, for Sabonis. And in the in like uh, the, the Pacers head coaching uh, conversation when he was talking about him getting away, he's like, yeah, he's going to join the Bulls. So it's already a fact. Thompson's going to be a Bull, a great pickup for them. You know, they've been dealing with injuries, and Vucevic has not been exactly 100% the answer they want. I think Tristan Thompson will do great things on this Bulls team, and I'm looking forward to see what his impact will be come playoff time. Well, I think Vucevic um, is kind of like what Sabonis is and what the kind of haters of the league will say is he's a a box filler on a losing team, right? All those Orlando teams, I mean, I think he made the playoffs like, what, like twice in Orlando? And he's a great player, right? Like he's a stat stuffer, can score 26 points on a nightly basis, hit the three and rebound. Um, they don't need that. They've got Zach Levine, who stuffs the stat sheet on a points basis. They've got DeMar DeRozan, who's doing unprecedented oh. things in terms of scoring the basketball. I know I'm getting ahead of myself here. 
So what they really need is more of a defensive center, a, a rebounding focus center, um, which I think Tristan Thompson fits better. Um, the fact that you have Vucevic there to provide those maybe even like second team minutes where he's kind of the focal point of that second team offense is perfect. Um, so they just got that much scarier, my friend, and they're already at the top of the table. I mean, he, Vucevic has been helping DeMar hold it down with Lonzo out and Zach, you know, currently dealing with his knee injuries. We, we have to hold that accountable. But when we get to playoffs time, this is the conversation, right? When we get there, Thompson is going to be able to provide rotational minutes. He's going to have learned what it means to be a part of this system. And Vooch is going to be able to play his role as well. But it's just more versatility. And when you're in the East, you're going to need versatility come playoff time. So it's something that I'm definitely a big fan of. And, I mean, Matt knows I love the Bulls and I want to see them succeed. So, hey, this is a win for me. Absolutely. You want to see them succeed, man. Um, Besides that, I mean, like, Wall could make a a difference on a team. Could you imagine if Wall gets bought out and ends up a Laker anyways? They were asking for a first-round pick back, and they didn't even get Russell Westbrook. They just bought him out. Oh, that would have been great if the Lakers had eventually given up a trade in a different world. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Imagine it. But, yeah, last two things to bring up before we can speculate about streaks, DeMar, all these other fun things. Uh, DeAndre Bembry, our ex-Raptor boy, he signed with the Bucks for the rest of the season. Another great decision by the Bucks. We're happy to see it for him. And one that we're less excited about, the T-Wolves. They're extending Pat Bev for a year. Cool. For for some reason, that makes me feel like Goron's not going to sign with the Bucks because they got yeah. Bembry. Um, there's just something about that. Well, he takes up a roster spot, and yeah. he kind of is a light version of Goron. Like a but like similar style energy doesn't kind of have the exact scoring punch but defense and but what he can provide no exactly i i, can, I completely agree that and understand that so yeah. we will I'm, see right we're gonna find that out yeah but i'm, I'm in agreement with you Papev. i mean the guy is just a whatever he made it in the league i would prefer that he keep his mouth shut but he's in the league so he gets to do what he wants i want to yeah, talk about these streaks man because you know, there were some pretty long streaks that ended this week. The Celtics streak got ended this week. Our streak got yeah. ended this week. Brooklyn's L streak got ended this week. But the Suns, man, they just keep it rolling, man, on a seven-gamer. I mean, I feel like two, three weeks ago we were talking about them going on like a crazy long streak. And they like lost the game, so we stopped thinking about it. And now here we are again thinking about how the Suns are 48-10, and 10, Matt. 40 eight and ten like i made a comment at the beginning of this season that it could be devin booker's league now you know just in terms of you know we saw a couple injuries to some of the main shooters some of the old veterans weren't going to show up and phoenix had a chance to roll with what chris paul can do and deandre Ayton and the defense that they provide honestly matt i feel like maybe that is the answer because 48 and 10 i still can't believe that i can say that and have it be real it's absolutely wild what they're doing out there, man. Um, they're the best team in, in the NBA. I do think it's closer than their record shows. Um, I think you we talked about it earlier, the fact that they've been healthy. Um, you know, they haven't lost many guys to injury. They haven't hit, like, a COVID spell. Um, the fact that they're it's their second year together, it's great. And I think yeah. that... They're also a team that is, because it's their only second year together, still proving what they can do and what they can achieve in the regular season. Whereas a team like the Bucks, 
I think they're just waiting. I honestly think the Milwaukee Bucks are just kind of hanging around, waiting for the playoffs because they know that they have this guy in, in Giannis who, who, man, dropped a casual 50 on 21 shots last night. He's hitting step backs. He's pulling up for three. He's hitting deep twos. Like, he used to not even settle for a two because he knew that it wasn't a thing that he could do. The league is screwed. <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I and mean, I appreciate that Jan, after last week I made a comment about how Giannis is going to start dropping more 50 pieces in the playoffs. He just gave us a little a little special, a little preview this week. And yeah, guy's insane, man. And you're right. I think, you know, we commented about it after the Bucks won that, you know, this would mean a lot for Drew and, and him and, and Chris and, and, and even uh, even Budenhoser as well. Let's not forget that, you know, we, we're still, I'm not advocating for Budenhoser to get fired, but like, they can still have a better coach. Anyways, not the point. <laughs> the point is that Giannis is scary. That you know the the Suns may be on a seven game streak. The the Bucks may not be trying to go on streaks because they're just like enjoying themselves, figuring out their rotations. You know, letting Bobby Portis go off. I'll always continue to say how happy I am that Bobby Portis is going good. But do you want to talk about the Bulls five gamer? Because it's crazy that Demar himself is basically the reason that they're on that right now. Dude, seven straight games of 35-plus at 50% or more. Ooh. The first time that's ever happened in a Chicago Bulls uniform, the first time it's ever happened in league history, um, those are some crazy, crazy things to say. Uh, he is having an MVP type of season, and I just love to see it for from a boy, DeMar. I uh, wish he was a Raptor doing it, but hey, oh. let the man grow, let the man fly. That's why I thought we should have signed him as a free agent this offseason. I mean, there's a lot of teams, you know, the Lakers as well, that were probably sad that they didn't get DeMar. But I just appreciate that he's getting his due, man, because DeMar with Kyle led us to multiple 50-win seasons on a team that was ignored by the greater media in the NBA market. And, you know, Toronto got its due with that championship. But DeMar was slightly forgotten about while absolutely holding it down for the Spurs and Popovich's career. Let's not forget that, what DeMar was doing for that team. So I'm so excited. I can't believe he's breaking Wolves record. Like, I want to see more. I was talking about the Bulls at the beginning of the season, and most of the reason was because I wanted DeMar to have it. And here we are, my friend. Here we are. I think it's absolutely unreal what he's doing. I think um, you're 100% right with the fact that the Raps got their due in the media spotlight because we won that championship, but DeMar wasn't a part of it, even though he was the starting fire for it. He was yeah. everything that we needed. He gave us the five years leading up to it that made us believe that it was possible. He was the main piece that got Kawhi. Um, yeah, I, I would never say a bad thing about that man. And if he wins the MVP, even if I believe that there are better players in this league and, and players that probably deserved a little bit more this year, I don't care. <laughs> I mean, like, you have to remember that this guy, like, was handed the keys to a franchise that was abandoned by multiple stars, you know? Chris Bosh was like, guys, I gotta go and I gotta go win, you know? And DeMar was like, cool, I got this, you know? And then we traded for Kyle, we worked our way through it, we figured it out, and the guy was traded right before, you know, the fruits of his labor got to see success. So, yeah, I hope he gets that MVP, man, because you're right in saying... 
Yeah, exactly. You're right in saying that, you know, maybe Harden deserves it. Maybe Embiid deserves it. Giannis and Jokic with what they're doing, sure, but... Come on. Come on, guys. DeMar, let's give it to him. You got the best story. I want to see it, man. I want to see it. And it's a story award, man. That's why, like, I think they've got to give it to him. Um, yeah, you brought it up, man. You got Giannis, you got Jokic, who are just making nightly otherworldly performances seem regular. Um, you got LeBron at age 38 being an absolute machine, uh, taking over fourth quarters, making the Utah Jazz Rudy Gobert a two-time defensive player of the year look average at best. LeBron's also like <laughs> just barely behind Joel and Giannis for the points per game leader of the league. Let's not forget this man is old but doesn't care. He will put buckets in day in and day out for this team. The fact that like the next best scoring season at like age 38 is like 15 or 16 points a game. And he's averaging 30 when he hasn't averaged 30 in a decade. Oh. Like that wasn't never his game. Like what are we doing? Having a goat debate. I saw this stat the other day that it was like, LeBron is the only like 25, five and five player. And then it like went all the way up to 36, 10 and 10. And it's like, he's the only one who fits into all of these categories. So, yeah, I think he's the GOAT. Yeah, stay Sorry. tuned. Sorry, sidetrack. Side to... <laughs> I don't know. I was going to say, look forward to uh, Matt and I's um, greatness discussion round two, which I'm sure we'll have this offseason because I've been reading up more about all the other greats of time, and I'm prepared to start bringing more information to fight Matt, even though I probably slightly am starting to agree with him on LeBron's take. But, yeah, let's let's keep moving on, Matt. Do you want to talk about the Celtics and their streak? Do you want to talk about Brooklyn? or Can we just, where can we just talk about the fact that he became the all-time scoring leader in NBA history <laughs> and games that counted? And you and I haven't even talked about it. It hasn't even it's been true. something that we even mentioned earlier in our in our lead up to this. We weren't even like, oh, it's a big deal. It was just a, a matter of fact. It was just so like, oh, yeah, that was going to happen. That was going to happen. I mean, I just assume that you're going to bring up his stats because, you know, you know. But at the end And of he's going to be the – and everyone's like, oh, he's eventually going to be the regular season scoring leader of all time. Not that scoring was his dominant trait like Michael <laughs> Jordan. Not like scoring was the thing that made him great like Michael Jordan. But he and is the greatest me, scorer in the history of the game. But we're having the, a goat debate. We're having a goat debate. You sent me one of those stats that was like like twelve like things of like LeBron is the only person that has this. this yeah, this, yeah, this, 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 this stat line. Like you know what I mean exactly. It's LeBron. We're gonna we'll, we're gonna we'll have to dedicate a whole episode so that LeBron can uh, be heard around the world as Matt's favorite player and absolute goat because I mean he's he's top one, top two. We know he's there, Matt. We know. But. Top five, top one, top two, top three, top four, top five. He's six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. It's all He's the team. Blood. He's the team, like bro. Team. <laughs> okay, is it raps time? Are we talking about raps or you got anything else? Man, yeah, I'm good to move on to the raps. You know I'm always down to talk about our Raptors. I wish our boy Scotty was going to win it, but you know Evan Mobley having a season out in Cleveland, probably going to take it for him. He has a little bit more opportunity to show his stuff. Scotty's kind of hidden behind Siakam, OG, and uh, Chiwa, and Cam Burge, and Thaddeus Young now. Like, man, can we just, like, stop bringing in power forwards and let Scotty show <laughs> You know, it's funny you bring that up because I think about, like, the comments earlier in the year about, you know, Jonathan Kaminga and how he could 
be winning games and be having those crazy stat nights, but instead they're teaching him how to win games. And I'm like, I completely agree with you. I wish we could see more Scotty. I want more Scotty. He was a stud for me in fantasy, and now he is like lesser of a stud for me in fantasy, but I will never drop this man. I love Scotty. Scotty is an absolute shining star on our organization. He is going to be our future. I mean, I can't wait to talk about Scotty as the greatest Raptor of all time. It's going to happen he's, one day. He's going to be the GOAT after Fred. That's a good way to think. I think that's a good evolution because, you know, Freddie really has taken over this team. This really is his team at this point. And, you know, while he definitely has his off nights, at least when we played the Pelicans, he had 20 points. Nobody else had any points at all in that game. I mean, we really, really dropped the ball in that Pelicans game, though. So it is what Dude, it is. Dude, that was, that was the worst game of the week. Why did you even bring that one up? I mean, like, we had a good game against Denver. That broke a streak that JD went to. I know he cursed it. God, JD, you and your old ass. Why you got to do that? <laughs> but I had to bring it up because we got 19 offensive rebounds to four in that game. And yet we lost. We shot 30% from the field, 24% from three, and 70% from free throw. It's painful. I just wanted to rip the band-aid off really quick, all right? Because it happens. it happens. It happens. Okay, so we talked about the two losses. I mean, Jokic did it to us. But we did get two dubs this week. Um, nice bounce back win against Minnesota. Um, so at least we're back on track. Look, getting to eight games against the Rockets was great. We needed to do that because the Rockets game was a trap game. It always is for us, right? But the T-Wolves, man, Trent had 30 points. Thad, Thad was sick in the fourth. He had some big moments. He had some free buckets. He had a huge block. And we held Towns to 24 and 11. So, you know, I was glad for us to get a big bounce back W. We needed it, man. And it's nice for Thad to, to get in some moments to, to kind of integrate into the team because that's what we need. It's kind of – it's it's really funny. Our roster is uh, our starting five and then power forwards. Um, I'm glad to see Delano getting, getting some extra minutes because we're going to need Absolutely. him in the playoffs. Um, Fred's going to need a, a minute and a break off. Um, we we're gonna need to figure out another guard, man. That's I think we're a little we're a little short on guard play at the moment. Unless Scotty can all of a sudden just transform his game into part point guard mode, which like he probably could. You know, I enjoy I enjoy seeing when Fred sits. Now that Kem is no longer injured, Scotty starts as the point guard. I'm glad to see our organization doing that because I was I was having a, uh, you know a thought process the other day about you know with Kem coming back and with our our starting five that we had for a while with Siakam it was good but it's not amazing and it's not going to elevate anything but if we could bring Kem into that rotation and put Scotty maybe to the bench to run the offense of the second unit for a while or do you put Gary there to take shots in the second unit? Or do you push OG back? But no, you need his you need his defense. Like it's such a weird situation to be in. Gary stays in the first unit for me because he is. I yes. think our I think he's our best scorer. Um, I think I love Freddie and it's Freddie's team and Freddie's the all star on this team. But if we're in a playoff game late in the fourth quarter and we need a bucket, I think I'm giving the ball to Gary. And I think I might be crazy, and I might not. I might not be what the norm is for a Toronto Raptor fan right now. You know, they're thinking Siakam, they're thinking Freddie, but I think I've got it. I think it's Gary Trent, man, because that man takes and makes a lot of tough shots. You know what the mindset you're on is? 
you're in the mindset of when we needed Fred to do that in the playoffs when it was Kyle's team and why he let us pass the Bucks with a couple of those shots. Because in that moment, he could be that guy. And now Fred can't be that guy anymore because it's his team. He has to be Kyle. He has to do all of these things. And Gary, Gary can play good defense and come in and knock. Man, the couple of shots Gary takes, they're so crisp. They're so butter. Like, it's beautiful to see. And he's young, man. I don't want to. I don't want to say something crazy, but like nobody talked about Steph Curry and Clay Thompson until they broke out as shooters. Dude, I like, said it last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm just like I'm. I'm stuck in your brain from last week. But that's just how it is. He's twenty. He's twenty-three years old. They didn't say Steph Curry was the greatest shooter of all time until he started doing the things that he was doing. And I remember the year that Steph Curry, because Steph Curry really broke out. Like, I think it was, like, 2012, 2013. Yeah. And it yeah. was more dribbling in a guy's face and pulling up and just splashing it from three. And then he became um, this absolute marksman, deep threat yeah. shooter. But, like, that was his game. Just He was always hitting threes, always pulling up in a guy's face. And I mean, Gary Trent has, has that. He yeah, has Steph it. did that over Josh Giddy just the other night. For, for a W, so I had to bring that one up because the interview with Josh Giddy is hilarious. I love I love Australian accents. They're just fantastic. But, yeah, man, Gary Trent, I'm excited to see where his future goes. I'm excited to see the team pull it together and, and figure out it'll be nice for them to get a week off. You know, looking ahead, it's just the All-Star weekend, man. It's exciting. We don't have to worry about any games. We just get to worry about Fred and Scotty. Fred and Scotty. It's going to be an exciting weekend. Yeah, man. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. You know, the All-Star weekend, I think, in the NBA is probably one of the best all-star events in any major north american sport i think it's i i would say it's the best because one the game is super competitive these guys actually want to win at the end of the game and there's especially with the new changes the rules yeah yeah Yeah. the the fact that they actually play defense at the end of the game very awesome very impressive it's competitive love that um they're super fun like they're always like the most entertaining energetic guys the slam dunk competition has got to be one of the most exciting competitions in all of sports. And, and it's getting you... better because there's some cool, young, new kids coming in wanting to win the title. Isn't Jalen Green in it? Yeah, and he's also like doing some NFT-like thing. He's making some special-like thing. It's going to be weird, man. Yeah. Just selling images. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, let's talk about the three-point contest because the three-point contest is sick and our boy Freddy is going to take over this year dude i can't wait to see it yeah i mean exactly you got the three-point contest which is also a good time the skills competition which you know our boy scotty's in that's gonna be a good time i I like what they're doing this year for the skills comp having the teams you know doing team rookies doing team Cavs, and then team onto the kumpo bros it's gonna be really interesting to see how that all works out and like what they put together so yeah i'm really looking forward to the skills comp this year it should be fun man it should be a good weekend um yeah i I think we've kind of talked about it we're obviously going to talk about it next week because that's going to be the only thing that's happened between now and then so Um, true oh no games tonight and tomorrow are there games games tonight tonight and tomorrow okay well they're not our games that's the good thing yeah no raps aren't playing easy for us well i mean i guess that pretty much takes us into takes and predictions my friend and uh, Matt's probably just going to squirm his way to try to find out if there's actual games right now. But for me, I'm looking ahead to the All-Star break, man. I'm looking ahead to Freddie, you know. He is a bet-on-yourself guy, and, you know, he doesn't go into anything thinking about losing. And 
wouldn't it be amazing to add to his career from all that he's been through, first-time All-Star, to come in and also win the three-point contest against some pretty fantastic shooters, might I add. So, yeah, that's my take for this week, man. Freddie, all the way, my dude. That would be absolutely amazing. Um, it'd be something that I'd love to see. I was going to say something about Scotty, but instead I want to bet on all of the games tonight. So it's going to be a weird hot take missing prediction. There's five right, games it. tonight. Um, Heat, Hornets. I'm taking the Heat. I'm going to take them by three points. Um, It's going to be 115 to 112. Okay? Nice. Um, I'm taking the Nets over the Wizards. That's going to be 120 to 102. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Mavs over the Pelicans tonight at 8. That one's going to be 104.99 for the Mavs. Right. I like it. Um, Bucks 76ers. The 76ers are missing James Harden. I'm going to take the Bucks, um, probably plus five here, 108, 103. This um, guy. And then I'm going to take the Clippers over the Rockets. Um, I'm going to take the Clippers at 109. I'd say the Rockets at 105. Well, looking at your decisions here, uh, I'm hoping that you're more correct with your numbers because I feel like you took all of the easy Ws of the teams to take here, my friend, except for maybe the 76ers because it is Joel Embiid. Dude, um, I picked easy wins, but I picked correct numbers. I think it's going to be an easy night. It's, you know, before the All-Star break, uh, the Pelicans, the news of Zion seeping in. The Rockets are like, man, we're so bad. Can we just get to the All-Star break already? Um, The Wizards are like, man, Bradley, you going to the All-Star game? And Bradley's like, man, we're so bad. I don't even want to be around here anymore. You know? And the Hornets are, like, just packing it into the heat because that's who they are. (laughs) Oh, man, I love it, dude. I can't disagree. He's probably on the right page here. But, yeah, man, crazy to think that we're going to have a week almost without basketball incoming. But we'll be back again next Thursday. Anything else, my friend? No, man, I think you're good. Perfect. Well, thanks, everybody, for being here. Follow us on Twitter or Facebook at The Board Squirts. If you're still around, give us that like. Give us that subscribe, thumbs up, whatever you need. Check out TheBoardSquirts.net for new episodes and blog posts. And we'll talk to you next time.